Welcome to Beside the Burn. It's Monday the 17th of October and this week is Northern Ireland Book Week. It's an initiative organised by uh, the BBC and local libraries uh, whenever they are highlighting books that you can read. And as I haven't been preaching on Revelation this week, I thought it was a good opportunity to take a break from the normal routine of Beside the Burn and to share this week some books uh, that I've been reading, uh, some books that I have found uh, helpful and challenging and just encourage you with uh, some books that perhaps uh, you haven't heard of and that you could pick up and you could read. So each day I'm going to share a book with you uh, that I find helpful and hopefully you'll be inspired. It's going to be a a range of books. There'll be some new ones, some old ones. Uh, This is not my top five uh, books to read. I just simply glanced along my bookshelf uh, and picked out the books that have meant something to me. They were books that It stood out to me as uh, things that I had been taught from them, ways that they had changed my life. And um, if I went to the bookshelf tomorrow, I might pick out a different five set of books. uh, But these ones hopefully uh, will be challenging and and will mean something uh, to you as you read them. Uh, I've got a few criteria whenever I read books. I am a very, very slow reader. So uh, usually the books that I like to read are short books. Uh, They're also simple books. Um, You're not going to need a degree in theology to understand uh, the books that I'm recommending to you this week. They are simple and easy to understand books, but that doesn't make them any less significant. Uh, It doesn't make them any less Uh, difficult to uh, grapple with. Uh, Sometimes the most simple books that uh, I read are the ones that truly challenge me because I fully understand what the book says, but then it really makes me think about my life and about my relationship with God. And so therefore, whenever I say simple, that's not a derogatory term. It's a term that means that we can understand it but we need to do something about it. So the other criteria that I have for these books that I'm sharing with you is that they have been life-changing. There's something in them that if you read the book, hopefully your life will be changed. They've certainly changed my life and my approach and therefore that's why I'm recommending them to you. Don't expect you to read all of the books, uh, but perhaps you'll pick up one or two of them uh, and you will be changed and you'll be challenged by what you read. So let's start off with uh, a book this week. And the book that I'm going to recommend uh, today on Monday is Heaven on Earth by Derek W.H. Thomas. Uh, Derek is Senior Minister of First Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. He's also a professor at the Reformed Theological Seminary. And I used to go and hear Derek preach uh, whenever I was a student because he was minister in Stranmillis Evangelical Presbyterian Church. And uh, we would go on a a Sunday evening uh, and listen to him preach. uh, And uh, it was a a tremendous experience. And he was such a a gifted preacher. Um, He's written lots of books, um, very good uh, commentary on the book of Isaiah. Now, it is not a short book. It's quite a a hefty tome. And... um, 
uh, goes into Isaiah in great depth, but I would highly recommend it if you want something uh, a little bit more challenging. Uh, but this book is about what the Bible teaches about the life to come. And I've been reading quite a few books on this subject recently because uh, I think perhaps we have a very simple view of heaven. And I'd like to preach on this sometime uh, to look at what actually happens whenever we die. Where do we go? What can we expect? What is heaven like? Uh, And sometimes we just have this idea that whenever we die, we go to heaven and that's all that we understand. And Of course, that's all we need to understand, as it were, because as long as we have faith in Jesus Christ, we've trusted in him for the forgiveness of our sins, then whenever we die, we have that assurance that we are going to be with Jesus. But whenever you read the book of Revelation, which obviously I've been doing recently, and you get towards the end of the book of Revelation, there's quite a bit about the new heaven and the new earth. And we think to ourselves, well, where does that fit in with our idea of going to heaven? And how does that sit alongside it? And as you read this book, Derek very clearly and precisely outlines everything that we we know about heaven uh, from God's word. There's always a lot of speculation takes place whenever we're thinking about heaven because we can't possibly know everything that's going to happen. And when it, the more we think about heaven, the more questions we have. And, you know, who will we recognize whenever we get to heaven? Will our pets be there? You, you know, from, from serious questions that require a lot of thought to, to trivial little things that we wonder about heaven. And Derek gives us a very clear understanding of what the Bible says. He does... Uh, ask a few questions, but where the Bible isn't clear, he, he doesn't speculate too much. He just keeps us very clearly on what we can know from the Bible. And he takes us through uh, all the different steps because there are uh, obviously different levels to this. Whenever we die, if uh, Jesus hasn't returned, then we go to be with Jesus uh, immediately in heaven. Like the thief on the cross was told, today you will be with me in paradise. But we're also told that whenever Jesus returns, then we will be resurrected. So, first of all, the people that are still alive on earth when Jesus returns will be raised up to meet him. The people who have already died and gone to heaven to be with Jesus, their bodies will be resurrected and they will be given bodies, new resurrection bodies that will be equipped for eternity so that they can live in eternity. And we're told at that point that Jesus will recreate There will be a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. And at that point, we will dwell with God, but we will dwell with him here on a new earth. And what that new earth will be like, we're given little glimpses of. And if you read this book, you'll be told a little bit about it. But the key thing to realise is that this new heaven and this new earth is in God's presence. And he will be here and whether it's a completely new heaven and new earth or he takes what is already here and recreates it, 
We're not entirely sure, but we know that he is creating a place where we can live for all eternity. So I want to read to you from the very last part of the book. Uh, This is the postscript. So if you can imagine, uh, the book is 110 pages long. Uh, Up until this point, uh, Derek has been going through all the different stages, all the different plans as to what God has for each one of us. Uh, And then in summary, this is a summary at the end, the postscript to the book. Uh, So whenever I read this, he's referring to things that he's already argued in more detail. But it'll just give you a little uh, taster as to what the book's about. And then I'm going to read from the end of Revelation, where we hear about the new heaven and the new earth. So Derek writes, heaven is the Bible's word in Greek and Hebrew for sky. It is one of the reasons why we tend to think of heaven as up there. But as we have seen in these pages, heaven is more nuanced than simply above. The former physics student in me likes to think of it as a parallel universe. Heaven exists somewhere. It is where the body of Jesus is right now. Heaven, in its current form, is a location in space, physical, tangible and real. Eventually, at the second coming, heaven is going to take the form of a renewed cosmos. How then should we think about heaven? Well, firstly, we should think of it as heaven is right now and as it will be in its final form, a perfect place. Thinking of the final state of heaven for a minute, we should try and imagine life, physical and mental life, without sin. Frankly, we have no experience of this, only vague anticipations of it. What is a mind free from the down drag of sin capable of achieving? And what affections are possible when they are not wholly turned in upon themselves? And is it possible, as a few resurrection incidents involving Jesus might seem to indicate, that the laws of physics as we know them will be different in heaven? It is all too possible. Secondly, we need to try and imagine a world without pain, disease and death. We questioned earlier whether pain as such will be absent. A central nervous system might require some basic forms of sensory perception even in a new earth. We will feel sharpness, roughness and softness. That the new body is capable of bleeding seems to me to be a step too far. For my part, Jesus eating fish in a resurrection body seems to require more than we customarily think about when we try to imagine what heaven will be like. To begin with a digestive system and all that goes along with it. The point is that it will be free from any notion of evil, and whatever its precise form, it will be very good. Thirdly, heaven is where we dream and grow and play and work along with all the redeemed saints. 
Whatever our occupation in heaven, there will be maximum satisfaction, enjoyment and pleasure of the kind we have only glimpsed here and now. Laughter, accomplishment, fulfilment, being who we were made to be, achieving our full potential and discovering a contentment that is wonderful, that is full of wonder, is what heaven is about. In its final form, heaven is a new earth. Mountains, oceans, rivers, lakes, forests, sandy beaches, birds, fish, animals of every kind. And dogs, sweet dogs to play and run with. All God's creation now restored for us to explore and investigate and try to understand. That means science and travel and Composition and art and music and poetry, all that is pure and lovely and good. New talents to learn, I do hope so. New experiences to enjoy. And all of it forever and ever. And the face of Jesus. The greatest experience of heaven will to be to gaze on Jesus' beautiful face. Revelation 22, verse 4, they will see his face to look at him with tears of joy and say, thank you, sweet Jesus, thank you, and bow in worship and praise and adoration and sing his praises. That's how Derek finishes the book and it's uh, quite a challenge, isn't it, to, to begin to think about all those things about heaven and I, I thoroughly recommend the book and uh, maybe in the future uh, there'll be a little uh, sermon uh, based on it. I want to just finish by reading from Revelation 21 um, and this is about the new heaven and the new earth. And John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful promise and 
assurance that you have given that all those who trust in your Son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins will one day be with you for all eternity. Lord, we look forward to that day. Whether we die before you return and we go straight to be with you in heaven, or whether we're still alive whenever you return and we are joined with all the saints who have gone before and we live in the new heaven and the new earth. Lord, we simply want to be in your presence. And we thank you for the promise that you've made us, that you've gone there to prepare a place for us. And so today we trust in Jesus Christ. And we ask all these things in your name. Amen.